NFL Divisional Weekend is officially over. That's the theme tonight on the Real Deal Podcast, second podcast of the day. Tonight we're talking about all four playoff games from the NFL Divisional Round. We had our two from yesterday and our two from today. A lot of excitement. The road to the Super Bowl gets a little bit clear for a lot of teams. We'll get into those um, breakdowns here in a little bit. But first, episode six coming at you tonight. Released one earlier today where I give a compliment to the Green Bay Packers. Went on a little bit of a rant at my Chicago Bears. Hopefully some changes start taking place. But regardless, tonight it's about the rest of the NFL. We're going to start with just a brief wrap-up on the college football playoff final that took place Monday night. Alabama dominated the game 52-24. to Devontae Smith proved that his Heisman was no joke as he lit up the Ohio State defense for over 12 catches. Or he had 12 catches over 200 yards, mostly all just in the first half. He left the game in the second half with an injury to his hand and didn't return, but they really didn't, didn't need him to. So... College football is wrapped up. Nick Saban, seven national championships, six of them at Alabama. Just kind of solidifies himself as one of the top, if not the top, coach in football history, going both NFL and college football, whatever whatever level you want to be at. He's, he's by far one of the best. And so... Moving on to next year, the transfer portal is live. There's a lot of lot of players headed into the portal. Nebraska's had a few. Later on, we'll do a show talking about the the moving pieces with Nebraska football and all of the the components that go into that. Um, the Senior Bowl upcoming for the college football players. That game is January 30th, so a couple weeks away. Was looking some stuff up on the NFL Combine this year. They're not sure how they're going to do that yet with COVID. It looked like it's going to be a completely different um, Combine. They're not going to bring everybody to one location like they normally do. There's going to be a lot more emphasis on the pro days at the select universities. And... Obviously, since we're still in that era, there's going to be a lot of Zoom meetings that take place. And so as far as how that's going to work with team doctors checking on the, the injured players, that's, that's a good, that's a good um, question on how that's going to work. I'm glad that I don't have to figure all that out, but it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. And then the NFL draft, the end of April, April 29th through... May 1st. So once the Super Bowl gets over on February 7th, slows down a little bit. There's not going to be the every weekend football like we've had since the end of August. But the NFL offseason is always kind of crazy with free agency and a lot of questions this year on to whether or not Drew Brees retires. And it always seems like every year there's a few surprises 
of who's, who sticks around for another year or who retires. And so it'll be interesting to follow that story as we move forward. Getting into the divisional round, starting with the games from yesterday. Starting first was the Packers hosting the Rams. Green Bay came out on top 32-18. to 18. A little bit closer than what maybe some people thought with the injury to Jared Goff having to play. Aaron Rodgers put in his normal normal work. Um, close to 300 yards, passing, two touchdowns. Uh, Jared Goff didn't play a terrible game. I thought that he played pretty well. He didn't have Cooper Cup, his number one receiver, who was out. Um, and just kind of a gritty performance by by the Rams. Cam Akers, the Rams running back, is going to be a future star in this league. Was close to 100 yards yesterday. Robert Woods led the way in receiving. And then I think a big factor that hurt the Rams was Aaron Donald not being healthy. When he's when he's healthy, when he's full go, he's by far one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the NFL. A lot of people question whether or not he's good against the run. I think he's proven that time and time again this year that he is. He's got good hands for a defensive lineman. Um, he's quick. You know, he's just he's what you want when when you look at defensive linemen. The key that I thought that really carried Green Bay was their ground game, and they've done it a lot the last month, month and a half of the season, where they've really relied heavily on Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon. Jones was at 99 yards yesterday. Jamal Williams threw in 65, and then Corey Dillon had 27 as well. So when you can get those three going, as if Aaron Rodgers needs any more help, um, they just those three really can help him, help him in the passing game. And then you know you look at these receivers that Green Bay has, and they're not obviously Devontae Adams, best receiver in the league. You'll have a hard time convincing me otherwise. Uh, he got his catches against Jalen Ramsey, got a touchdown against him. Maybe a quiet day for him. He only had sixty six yards, brought in nine catches, but. The thing that I want to talk about briefly, both Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they only had four catches each, but eight targets apiece. So they had some drops, and that, that's kind of a, a been an issue throughout the season. But one thing that, that Rodgers does very well is he goes right back to him after a drop. You see it with Tom Brady at times, too. If he has a receiver that drops the ball, he'll kind of get after him a little bit. But the next opportunity he has to get him the ball, he's going to to show that he has that trust in him, to build that confidence back up. And that's just something that makes, makes him into a great quarterback. And so the play that I thought really, really was the backbreaker for Los Angeles was in the fourth quarter. Lazard catches that long touchdown pass. That put them up 14 points. And, you know, it just seems to happen every game. There's a play that Rodgers makes that just is kind of the final dagger in the other team. And so that one was the was the play yesterday. Uh, Green Bay's defense, I don't think, gets enough credit for what they're able to do. They don't have a lot of all-pro players. 
they're just a bunch of good players that do that do what they're supposed to do. They can rush the passer. Uh, Kenny Clark, their nose tackle, can get after it. Um, and they just, I mean, they're they're just technically sound. Mike Pettin does a good job with that group. And, you know, they've really stepped up their play as of late, too. You can definitely tell that they're motivated getting getting to trying to get to the Super Bowl. And they've really raised their level of play. But the Rams, like I said, good fight. Uh, having to go to Green Bay to play in the snow, in the cold. Not an easy place to go, especially when you're a warm weather team. A lot of talk about Jared Goff's record in the cold weather leading to the leading up to the game. Not a cold weather guy. Was playing coming off the thumb surgery a few weeks back, and so they really they really gutted it out, played hard, and definitely nothing to be nothing to hold their heads about. Like I said earlier, Cam Akers is going to be a stud at running back in the league for a while, and so definitely think that. Los Angeles is going to be a threat for years to come. Second game of the day yesterday, Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. This one was by far the most defensive battle of the weekend. Buffalo came out on top. Shout out to the Bills Mafia gang, uh, 17-3. Baltimore started out the first drive running the ball really well. They kind of gashed Buffalo for... Eight nine yard carry or eight nine yards of carry, and then after that first drive, Buffalo just kind of settled in, did what they needed to do, and um, they kind of went back and forth in that first half. It was boring in the first half, not much offense going, um, but you know late in the third quarter, Lamar Jackson throws that one hundred and one yard pick six, and that was the kind of the backbreaker for Baltimore that kind of gave Buffalo the the I don't know what you want to call it the they smelled the blood in the water if you want to call it that and they just attacked the rest of the game Lamar ended up having to leave with an injury and then once that took place then it was it was game over and so Lamar was 14 to 24 162 yards and a touchdown uh running the ball uh, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins both had 10 carries for 42 yards. Lamar only averaged or only threw in 34 yards with it. So kind of a below average day running the ball against Buffalo. And, you know, Buffalo's kind of similar to what Green Bay is on defense. They don't have a lot of all-pro guys. They just have a lot of guys that, that do their job. Tremaine Edwards, one of their linebackers, is an athletic freak that can – Erase plays when when they happen. Um, you look at the secondary with Jordan Poyer. Um, they have I can't think of his name. Number twenty seven. One of their cornerbacks plays pretty good for him. Micah Hyde. You know, just just some guys that that can get after it, and they've got a lot of confidence right now. They're a they're a good group of defensive players. They swarm well. They hit well, and so it'll be fun watching them play. Kansas City. Offensively for Buffalo, yesterday was probably the first time that I really zoned in and focused on Buffalo's offense. Stephon Diggs is kind of their do-it-all guy as far as catching the ball. They'll throw short intermediate routes to him. They'll also go deep with him. Josh Allen is 
you know, loving life with him right now. Last year, everyone was talking about him being a bust, and now he's an MVP candidate because he's got a legit number one receiver. And then one thing that I talked about in a previous episode was Buffalo's lack of a run game. And one thing that I noticed, they make up for it by throwing a lot of quick passes. They'll throw a lot of screens, a lot of bubbles, a lot of slip screens to receivers, middle screens. And anytime you can utilize that, that's almost effective as a run game because you're getting the ball out quick, you're stretching the defense horizontally, and when you have playmakers out on the perimeter, you're able to find those gaps, and a four or five yard catch is equally as good as a four or five yard run. And so when you're able to do that, you're you're putting pressure on the defense, you're sucking them up because you don't want to continue to give those up, and then that's when you're able to throw one deep to Stephon Diggs. You're able to get him going across the field, and that's where the matchups and the mismatches happen. So props to Baltimore, or to for, excuse me, for Buffalo to be able to take advantage of that. Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator, spent some time at Alabama as the offensive coordinator. He's been at Buffalo for a couple years now. His name's coming up with the. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers job. Definitely think that that would be an, a, an intriguing opportunity for him working with Justin Herbert, who absolutely tore it up as a rookie quarterback this year. And so will that happen? Who knows? But obviously he can't accept a job. I don't think he can interview yet either until Buffalo's season is over. So that'll hold off another week, and then we'll find out um, where he goes. But like I said, next week leads us into today's games. Kansas City and Cleveland started the day off. And this was this was an interesting game. It looked early like it could turn into a blowout. But, ball, uh, but Cleveland just kind of hung around there and just kept battling with Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes got knocked out in the third quarter, left with a concussion, didn't come back. Chad Henney, the Michigan man himself, had to come in and kind of save the day for the Chiefs. And it was kind of interesting there late in the game with that long third and 18 or whatever it was. Henney decides to keep it on the scramble, and they find out he's just a few inches short. And so everyone's questioning what they're going to do, and Tony Romo's talking about how they'll they'll run the play clock down and then take a timeout and punt it. And then there's only a couple seconds left on the play play clock, and they snap it and throw a little a little flare out to Daryl Williams, and he catches it and picks up the first down, and ball game over. Chiefs win. Um, what's going to happen with Mahomes as far as next week goes? I would assume he's going to play. It's the AFC Championship. The concussion looked like it was pretty serious. He got up slow, wobbled around right right away when he got up. So it'll be interesting to see what impact that has. Um, Chad Henney kind of proved in the fourth quarter that he's a serviceable quarterback. He got the ball to Tyreek Hill a couple times, to Travis Kelsey a couple times. And so I don't know. He's a good veteran guy. So I don't know how much not having Mahomes will hurt. Obviously, Mahomes is the MVP of the league, so having him 
you know, is is a huge advantage. But Chad Henney definitely proved today that he's he is more than serviceable to get in there and um, win a game if he needs to. Cleveland, like I said, battled back. They were down nineteen to three. Baker Mayfield had that one mistake right after halftime, throwing the interception. But what I think what what Baltimore needs, Baltimore. I keep saying Baltimore. What Cleveland needs is they need another go-to receiver. Obviously, having Odell Beckham Jr. hurt doesn't help them right now. But Jarvis Landry is a good receiver. Rashad Higgins. And then David Njoku, their tight end, I thought played really well today too. But I think they just need another go-to receiver that can stretch the field and then find they have Landry and their tight ends too with with Austin Hooper. Um, Bill Callahan, former Nebraska head coach. A lot of of Nebraska people still want to have nightmares about the Bill Callahan regime when he was at Nebraska. Um, you can say what you want to about him, and I'm going to do a podcast on him later in the spring talking about his era at Nebraska. Um, but he's by far the best offensive line coach in the NFL. And moving forward with Cleveland, I think the biggest thing for Cleveland is if they can keep some stability on their coaching staff, which obviously they're not going to fire Kevin Stefanski, who will probably be coach of the year, um, keeping stability with him and their coordinators and position coaches really sets them up to have a successful run here. A lot of young guys on that team, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, make a great one-two punch, that running back spot. They, If they keep Bill Callahan, he's going to continue to have that offensive line, mauling guys, creating gaps and holes for those running backs to run through. And so they're definitely a team that I would put towards the top next year of being back into the playoffs. They can get a little bit better defensively, I think, through the draft. They're not going to have a a top five pick this year and probably the first time in (laughs) a long time. So props to them on that for getting better. And so the question that I have is they had a fourth and nine in the fourth quarter. It was about four and a half minutes left. They were on their own 30-yard line. And so you you wonder, should they have punted or should they have gone for it? I think that if it's anything shorter than fourth and five, you have to go for it. But fourth and nine puts it out of, puts it out of reach. Uh, that was kind of the play, the turning play, because they didn't get the ball back after that. Kansas City got it back. They were able to get a couple first downs. The the Tyreek Hill catch that Cleveland challenged costed them another timeout earlier in the game. And so they only had two timeouts going into it. And, you know, they they that was their last opportunity. So hindsight's 20-20. We say it a lot. But I think that punting the ball was really their only choice. Um, if there was two minutes left in the game, I think you need to go for it. But when there's still over four minutes left, you got the two-minute warning as an extra timeout. Uh, you've got you've to pump the ball there. But definitely a good matchup. Like I said, Cleveland's not going anywhere. 
they're going to be around for a while. And so that sets us up for the Chiefs and the Bills next week in the AFC Championship. Second game of today just got over not too long ago between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Third time they've played each other this year. New Orleans won the first two. It's hard to beat a team three times. Um, And you could definitely tell early on that they had played each other two times this year. Kind of a a feeling out process for both teams in the first half. Drew Brees could be his last game. He hasn't said anything about it yet. Didn't really play that great. Um, He had three through three interceptions, two of them in the second half that led to touchdowns. Um, didn't look comfortable. Michael Thomas, their number one receiver, didn't have any catches. He had four targets, so when you're going 0 for 4, basically, not a very good night for him. Alvin Kamara got his normal carries and yards and produced, but just kind of a kind of a tough, tough battle for New Orleans. Tampa Bay really came in motivated. You know, you got playoff Tom there who kicks it up a notch when he's in the playoffs. And that Tampa Bay defense has played well at times this year. I mean, they beat Green Bay 38-10 to earlier in the season. And that's That was the worst, worst loss that Green Bay had all year. And they just completely, completely stopped them in everything that they tried to do. And so that defense has that capability. They got some playmakers on that side. You know, you got Indomitian Sue, Levante David, Devin White, Shaquille Barrett, um, Jason Pierre-Paul. A lot of guys that have contributed to some, some pretty successful teams. And then you throw in Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator, along with Bruce Arians as your head coach. That's definitely a group that that you could convince me could make it to the Super Bowl. So, um, no Taysom Hill today for New Orleans. That could have played a factor into the outcome as well. He's kind of one of their energy guys. If you need a need a big play on a third and five, he can come in and run it for you. Or you can kind of do some different, different fun stuff with him. Jameis Winston actually threw a touchdown pass. He had a better QB rating than what Drew Brees had. So that's kind of crazy. And by the way, uh, New Orleans Saints fans, you can thank Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears for that trick play because that's the exact same trick play that the Bears used last week where Javon Wims completely miffed it, dropped the ball in the end zone. Uh, That didn't happen for the Saints. They were able to convert on it. But Sean Payton, you need to give... Matt Nagy some credit on that because you took that from him. And so you need to give him the credit where, where credit's due for, for designing that. Um, Nebraska boys. Tampa Bay's got four Nebraska kids. Indomitian Sue, Levante David played at Nebraska. Khalil Davis, the most recent Husker, played there. And then Shaquille Barrett, who had a run with Denver – back when they won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, um, he actually went to high school at Boys Town. I think he played collegiately at Colorado State, if, I, if that 
if that is right in my head. But yeah, he was a he was a Boys Town product. So four guys with Nebraska ties on that Tampa Bay defense. So fun to see some local names on there representing. Uh, the offensive line for Tampa Bay just completely got after it. You know, they had pancake blocks. Their center drove one of the Saints linebacker all the way out of bounds and pancaked him on the sideline. I'm a big offensive line fan, played it, coach it. So to be able to see an offensive line get after it like that is just makes the game even more fun to watch. And so <clears throat> leads us into next week. Um, one more thing first. And, you know, Leonard Fournette was top 10 draft pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he got cut this offseason. And, you know, I think any player, when they get cut from a team, their pride might be hurt a little bit. But, you know, he couldn't have fallen into a better spot going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When I talk about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb having a good one-two punch, when I talked about the Green Bay Packers running backs really playing well, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette for the Buccaneers really played awesome today. They were both in the 60s for rushing yards. They had almost an equal split in carries. Um, Just really pounded the ball against the Saints defense. And I thought this was interesting too. Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown had a combined three catches where Cameron Brait... Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin were the Bucks' leading receivers. Um, similar to what Tom was able to do in New England with all of their skill guys, he just knows how to find the open guy. He completed a long third down to Scotty Miller late in the game that gave him a first down and led to a touchdown. And he's definitely a different quarterback once you get to the playoffs. So next week, Championship Sunday, two games, um, a lot to talk about with those games. We'll do a separate show sometime towards the end of the week discussing those. But right now, Buffalo and Kansas City will be playing for the AFC Championship. Tampa Bay and Green Bay will be playing in the NFC Championship. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in what a lot of people would have liked to see a Super Bowl matchup in the years past, now get to see it in a conference championship. Going to be a good one. You know, game's going to be in Green Bay. Probably a good chance of snow at some point. It always happens up there this time of the year. And then Buffalo visiting Kansas City. I think that you could probably make a case and say the four best teams in the NFL are still the four best teams playing. I think the Saints could have had an argument in there, but Tampa Bay took care of that today. Um, So looking forward to, to seeing the outcome of next week. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City with the whole concussion protocol and whatnot. Um... Looking forward to looking forward to those games. And both those games, both all four of those teams 
Um, the the Bills and the Chiefs played each other earlier this year. Kansas City won that one 26-17. Kansas City ran for a lot of yards in that one, really uh, enforced their dominance. And then I talked earlier about Tampa Bay smoking Green Bay 38-10 earlier this season. Worst loss the Packers have had this year. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun, fun championship Sunday. So we'll have to see what the spread comes out with those two games. See who's favored. Uh, I think a lot of it for the AFC championship will de- will be determined will determine with what Patrick Mahomes' status is. Like I said earlier, I would assume he's gonna play. It's a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Um, but when it comes to concussions, you just, you don't want to mess with it. And with the NFL, you never know what you're going to get out of it. So that's going to wrap up tonight's episode, divisional round, divisional weekend, whatever you want to call it. The days of having football on both Saturday and Sunday are officially over. We're down to just Sundays now. So we need to enjoy it while we can. Have a great week. We will talk to you later this week on the Real Deal Podcast.